You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to Absent Minded. It's me, Patrick Bexel, once more. And I'm joined today by Jared Book, our reporter in the Ice Palace in Broussard. And Jared, you've been to camp for two days out of three you missed the scrimmage how can you describe it this time yeah th- this is my first time back i actually thought about it because i didn't go last year and the year before it was covid so it's really been three years since i've i've been to a development camp and i it was kind of surprising when i when i realized it was that long but this is my first adam nicholas experience and and let me tell you it watching him work is is an experience like it, it's fun like the 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 sound the um the press box in Brossard if you know, a lot of people probably haven't been in there, um but the the press box is soundproof, right? So you can't really hear what's going on on the ice, but when Adam Nicholas is talking, you can hear <laughs> you you can hear you can hear him talk. He's a very loud, energetic man, uh and and the players really respect him and. and he commands that respect. And, and it was really interesting to see him work with the prospects. Uh, he did the defense on uh, the first day of practices. Then he worked with the forwards on the second day. And then obviously the, the, the scrimmage uh, on the third day. And, and at the end of each practice, the position groups got together and they did like four on four drills, three on three drills uh, as a mixed group uh, with, with D and D and forwards together. So yeah, it was it was uh, a good experience to be back um, after a couple of years. A lot of new faces, because uh, most of the faces that I, I um, that were there three years ago are no longer in development camp. Let's put it that way. Uh, we're all getting older here, uh, but no, it was it was a good experience to be back and and to see Adam Nicholas work and to see the the new management group and 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 their priorities and and what they work on and and it really seemed that the on ice work was a lot more focused uh, as opposed to just, Hey, let's, you know, I, I think in the past they had like two or three scrimmages uh, in, in camp. Uh, and this was a lot more focused on working things out. And then at the end, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll play a scrimmage. And, and it just seemed like they were really focusing on, on what their message was. And Adam Nicholas talked about it. Uh, Scott Peller did as well. So yeah, it was, it was uh, really interesting to see. You mentioned also like, they were, they were played on the smaller ice, playing in the zones or in, in the neutral zone, using like limited eye space to get more puck touches, and then also using iPads and uh, etc. in order to show what they did wrong relatively fast after the play. I think that you know this is something that has been going on in in SHL for a long time, and obviously you had one SHL coach, really really cool, and and obviously instant gratification or instant correction which is equally needed. Yeah, and it's not even to just call people out. It's not like, oh, he did a bad job. Like, you know, a lot of these these players are doing drills for the first time, <laughs> right? So, uh, and, you know, for some of them, their, their first language is not even English. So, um, you know, for, for some of them, it could be their first practice in English uh, even. So, but in, in terms of that, yeah, it, it's just, you know, correcting mistakes right away, right? There's no point in, you know, lots of people can hear a drill, hear it explained, and know right away. Uh, some people can see it drawn on a board and know right away. Others, it takes time to to see it. Uh, and I remember, well, I, I think it was last year the Canadians did a, a video of of uh, mic'd up Adam Adam Nicholas, and 
it was was it was it Adam Engstrom who he like pointed out was was doing? I think it was Nermi, wasn't it? Was it Nermi? Yeah, it was one of those two, uh, where he was doing a drill and he just told everybody like, look, this, this that's how you do it. That's that's the way everybody should be doing it. And, and I think that that's um, it, it just it just provides feedback right away, like say, listen, this is what you should be doing. And and it was really really interesting. And and the small ice, what what I really liked about the um, the the small ice drills, especially position wise. Is that you had you know three and th- three on three and four on four just among the D, so you had two on two, three on three, four on four, and it was just uh, defense on defense. So you know you had a goalie on in the, in the net, and you had defense trying to work on on offensive skills and puck handling, as well as defending because they they switch sides obviously uh, pretty quickly. But it it really showed that they're trying to to develop that that side of the play right because normally when you do those drills and you're a full team you know the, the forwards attack and the d and the d you know kind of defend right but but in this case they they played both roles and i think that you know when when we get to the standouts and i'm sure a lot of people can understand where i'm going with this um if you know anything about the canadians prospect pool but that made a lot of people or or some people in particular stand out because um, let's just say some people are better with the puck uh, than others, especially when you look at the defense group with, with the Canadians. It also means more puck touches. It also means more intensity. The way I see it from from watching practices in Slovakia, in, in uh, Switzerland, in Sweden, and in Finland, the more puck touches you get, the more intensity you get, the less time you actually have to spend on the ice. You got more time for recovery. You got more time for for gym work. So you can actually practice more things as well, rather than just stand around and wait for your turn to do something. Definitely, and and, and you know by by integrating, you know, let's say they, I think they had like what 15, 15 D or, or or so in camp. So I mean, if you go, you know, four on four or three on three, that's you know basically every second rep you're going right. Uh, if you do the math, so a uh, lot less waiting around, and you know they do video at these camps too. Like it's. Uh, it, it's pretty intense what they what they fit in, it, just in terms of, you know, just in terms of what they, um, what they do in these these three basically three days on the ice and that's it, uh, and then they go back to to wherever they're spending their summer. Or some, it's summer training by themselves right now because obviously the ice are not there in most Swedish, uh, or or Scandinavian ice rinks. They they change the ice over the summer. It will be a lot more physical training build up. We know that Kapanen is doing his one of his two stints in the army. I think I think they do three months and three months uh, over two summers. I tweeted it out the other day that I think Kapanen will probably be at rookie camp and maybe even main camp, but definitely a rookie camp uh, this summer. I have no information that he will be. It's speculation on my part. It's a valid guess because he hasn't been to development camp and then he can go for, for main camp and rookie camp, just like uh, our guest Timo Kunari said that he thought would be a good thing for Kapanen to start the season in North America and come back and know what he has to work on in Kalpa for the rest of the season. Anyways, um, looking at those players that were part of this camp, do you have three standouts that you would mention and maybe one honorable mention? I'll go with, uh, with let's say, five. The, the first one, listen, I, I, this one will be short because 
there's only so much you can say and describe in words. That's Lane Hudson. Like it just it, it's it goes beyond everything that you've heard about him when you see him on the ice yourself. Like it 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 really does remind me of you know one of the when you watch Mary Philip play in practice, and I don't say that lightly, but it just I call it like the like it's almost like the unbelievable laughing test. Like there's just whenever he touches the puck, the odds are that you'll just laugh to yourself because you're like, how did he just do that? Why? How did? Well, how did that just happen? Uh, and so <laughs> it, it's it's really unbelievable. Like even even Poulain herself said, I keep forgetting he's a he's a defender. Um, he, you know, he looks like a number one center. Uh, and so that's all you need to know when, when he touches the puck. And so, yes, there's still questions about the size. Yes, um, things like that. But, man, he is just unbelievable to watch and, and so much fun to watch. And, and the one reason you can tell that is because every player, when they're asked, hey, did anybody stand out to you? Every single player said Lane Hudson. <laughs> and and every player said I knew he was good but he was even better than I thought <laughs> and and that everyone who 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 he spoke to pretty much said the, the same thing so yeah he was definitely the standout um and and there's not really much else to say about that uh you're going to like the next one uh Adam Engstrom stood out to me uh and I know you've been <laughs> you've been telling us about him for a long time or at least for the last year but his, I honestly think he was the best skater in camp. He, he just looked so smooth skating, uh, his puck handling, decision-making, defending, everything. Uh, he, you know, if it wasn't for Lane Hudson, he probably would have been uh, my, my top standout in, in camp. Just super impressive. Uh, you know, he had, he had everybody talking in the press box, uh, you know, kind of wondering, when the Canadians would, would bring him over. That that's how good he was because he was just all over the ice and, and just playing super, super well. And and yeah, you know, I, I got a chance to speak to him a little bit as well. And and really looking forward to seeing what he's gonna do this season uh in the SHL, where he should have, you know, a second full season um in the SHL. So it should be interesting. I remember last year going to to Engelholm to speak with Adam and, and Cam and Chris Sabbath and I said to to Chris Abbott, he's probably the most underrated prospect in the Montreal Canadiens prospect pool. And Chris Abbott said, if that is your most underrated prospect, you have one of a hell of a prospect pool. <laughs> and and we didn't realize how right he was. He said he was the best Swedish defender born 03. You, you didn't really consider it, but because he was lost a little bit in, in, in that very stacked Jugo and under 20 team, there was a little bit of talk on Twitter saying, you know, he looks like a pro out there. People forget SHL is a pro league. You cannot just assume that he he is a junior. He plays with pros, just like David Reinbacher. That was your next name on the list. Yeah, exactly. And and Reinbacher, I mean, look, all eyes are going to be on him. Uh, he's going to have a little bit of a... Uh, every every player who goes up against him is going to want to impress the Canadians because you know the Canadians are going to be watching him, right? So if you want to impress uh, the GMs and the the, the coaches watching, uh, that's who you want to go after. Look, he was impressive. I, I I didn't know what to expect going into this, but for for we mentioned the small ice drills, so already 
He's adjusting to the North American rink, something that he's not used to, especially in practices. And then you cut the ice even more <laughs> by doing a, a drill in, in one zone. And and there were times when his positioning wasn't perfect. He was getting beat uh, in lanes. But what I really liked is that he he, he has such a long stick and, and he, he's so good with it is that even when he was beat, he was able to uh, depossess pl- players even when he was beat and, and get the puck back. Uh, and, and that was something that was really impressive considering, you know, he, it was his first, his first real practice, uh, you know, with a, with a North American team. And then, you know, what these drills do, and I mentioned a little bit with, with Hudson is that it allows you to play offensively. And I think that that's good for him to think that way because, you know, all the knock on him since he was drafted is what's the offensive potential. And I honestly think that there is a chance that that's his biggest area of potential growth in his no, it game. It is the potential area of, of growth, really, because he's really solid defensively already. Right, right. And and I think that that's where, like, looking at him, watching him, I can see now, because it's kind of weird when, when you see a player like Reinbacher and everyone's saying high floor, high ceiling. Right. And and it kind of is weird because how can you have a high floor and a high ceiling? Right. Usually it's one or the other. And and you can just see like the, the defensive ability, everything is so solid. The the first pass, everything is good. And then you see him in the offensive zone, and you're like, if he can get that going, uh, then then you have a, a really special player. And and I think that it's it's really it's really gonna be interesting to see how he develops, um, likely in in uh, back in Switzerland uh, this year, and, and it'll be very interesting to see how how he develops because yeah, th- there's that potential there, and and if the chemistry that he has with Lane Hudson is is very interesting to watch because it was like instant chemistry. But he should um, really sign with Boston University, or or uh, Lane Hudson should go to Cloton. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Tebow would like that. As I mentioned, a lot of drills are being done by dividing groups into different segments and have more touches on the ice in regards to play thereby as we already spoken about intensity and and more time with the puck and i think that means that since you're practicing on a narrower ice you're not going to have a bigger a a big problem going over to, to the smaller ice i've spoken with a lot of players that played in north america or uh has grown up on the ice in north america and they say for a defender it's tougher to go to europe because you get drawn into the corner and suddenly you leave someone all alone in front of the net because the distance is so much greater. The thing for a defender is the outlet pass and, and what can you do with the puck skating it up. But Reinbacher's outlet pass is really so good, along with Adam Engstrom as an example. So it's not necessarily a problem. The problem is for defenders to go to the other side. And we saw someone that adjusted very, very well to the North American ice last year, and that was obviously Emil Heinemann. Yeah, yeah, he, you know, he, he kept on saying like he loves it because he can shoot from everywhere, <laughs> because because it's so much more narrow, right? So, um, yeah, I, I think that it, it's I think where, where it's tough is that all your 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 kind of like your um, and Matthias Norlander talked about this as well, and and coaches in Laval talked about it with him is that all your angles are different, right? So your reference points on the ice uh, and knowing where where you're going to be attacked is, is just a little bit different. 
but a smart player would adjust to that because it's oh, not yeah. like... it's not a it's not a fatal flaw. It's just an adjustment, right? Yeah, and, and, and I think that a a draft pick at number six or five or or someone that plays professional hockey and is used to practicing every other day or or every day, you know, they're gonna adjust quite fast because otherwise, you know, Canada wouldn't have won the champ the the Olympic gold in hockey. Because then it would have gone to European team. Exactly, it's not a it's not a big problem. It's just something that you have to work on a little bit. But that's what these camps are for. Knowing that there is an adjustment, and and Reinbacher talked about it himself is is part of the problem, right? And and he's a, he's a smart kid. He'll be okay. Yeah, he wants to finish school, so he's obviously a smart kid. <laughs> yeah, and the next name is because he said five. Yeah, I want to tell a a, a little small story about Owen Beck. Um, and at the end of the the each day, um, the defenders and the forwards, they did what basically like it's um like uh they attach like these electronic bungee cords uh to the players and they just skate in a front in a in a line and they the coaches you know test their acceleration, speed, stuff like that. Uh and every player went twice. And after Owen Beck went the first time, he was just talking to the coach in charge of the machine, talking, talking, talking. And and not in a bad way, just kind of like I think it's just like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna ace it next time I'm gonna ace it I'm gonna get, I'm gonna do better in my second rep, and so he goes finally for a second rep, and he starts off well, and then like on his like fourth or fifth stride he stumbles, and you hear the coach saying oh you almost had it you almost had it uh and and you lost it like just kind of you know poking fun at him, and and you can see him like. Owen Beck was super frustrated after that, like super upset at himself for, for stumbling. And so every player went twice. And when every player went twice, they're all going to the other ice. Guess who came and did a third time? Owen Beck. And, and I think that that just speaks to him as, as somebody who's just ultra competitive and, and wants to put out his best every time. And even, you know, there are other players that stumbled uh, and, and, you know, didn't, you know, they did twice and that's fine. But Owen Beck made sure to do it a third time uh, so that he can have a proper score recorded uh, for him. And and that's that, that just stuck out to me when I was watching it. And I was like, it, it just goes to show, you know, we've heard a lot about Owen Beck since he was drafted last year. And, and that just kind of puts the icing on, on the top of the cake uh, of what kind of person he is and what kind of player he is on the ice. Impressive. And obviously he's going to be knackered by doing it three times as well so even if he gets a you know a, a worse score it's still a score for him and he succeeded and uh i actually spoke with leah sanderson today so you know it's the 5th of july uh and he said because we came in to another subject uh and he said but you were in research before right yeah isn't that just like hockey you practice, 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 and see what you can change. And then the hundred times, it just works. And I thought it was pretty, you know, it's a very insightful thing. That is what being a pro is. You train, 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 you change something, you train even more, it doesn't work, you change something else, and suddenly it does work. And you have achieved that next level. Uh, very, very mature thinking. And and it is it, that is how I see uh, Owen Beckonen or <laughs> Owen Beck, uh, uh, just like being that kind of thinking and what can I tweak? What can I do to get a little bit extra and getting that half percent better that makes a difference at that kind of level? Yeah. And Martin St. Louis talked about it as well, right? Like he, he, he said that his best skill 
was getting better at things, right? Uh, and I think that that's a mindset that's going to kind of trickle down a little bit, um, especially with Adam Nicholas uh, in, in the organization is because, you know, you always look for ways to improve. Uh, and, and it's going to be very interesting to watch watch this group. And I the last one is kind of an honorable mention, and it's Jack Smith. And look, this is a guy who was, what, 50th in our top 25 under 25 last year? Yeah, 50th in our top 25 under 25. So he was just before Listen, uh, Henriksen. Yeah, just before Gordine and Henriksen. So, like, you know, there are only two players below him. I wasn't expecting very much, I'll be honest. Uh, and, you know, he has two goals over his last two seasons uh, in the NCAA and, and USHL. Um, 34 games uh, over two years. He has two goals. And what struck me in, in, in the last two days is that I noticed him score, like, four goals. In those two days, you know, he scored a goal in the scrimmage, the full scrimmage, and and when the uh, the teams were together doing scrimmages at the end, he scored he scored a, another two three goals as well, and and it just stuck out because when, when you see the goals go in, you're like, okay, who scored it? And and he's a player, uh, him and Rhett Pitt, like both, are, are guys that are you know you ask any Canadians fan media anybody, they're gonna say those are the the low end of the prospect pool. And if those guys are are sticking out, uh, that just goes to show you how how deep the pool really is. And so yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if I'm going to move him up much more in my top twenty five under twenty five, but uh, I just wanted to share that story about Jack Smith because he's he's one of the guys, you know, him Blake Biondi, you know, lots of guys that are just you know getting getting surrounded by these by these talented players, uh, and somebody has to move down right in, in these rankings. Uh, and and he was someone who sticked out. So I just want to to tell that little story because he he did stick out in my mind um, by by scoring those goals. And, and sure enough, he scored in the scrimmage as well. The only goal in the first game. We're gonna take a quick break, and hopefully they put in some of our sponsors here. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki, 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 Loki. Wow, great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous, great, and it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. We're back and I just have to ask you because I expected one of the standouts to be Logan Mayo. And what is your reason for not including him in the standouts? No, you know what? He did stand out. He's so big and he's so strong in his skates and he has a great shot. He did stand out. But you told me before this to try and not make it an hour podcast. So I had to make some cuts somewhere. But no, li- listen, this is my first time seeing Mayu in person because, like I said, it was my first development camp in three years. Um, you know, one of the years he wasn't even, I don't think, on the ice because he was hurt. It was my first time seeing him in person. And, and yeah, I mean, look, you, you can see you can see the positives. Um in, in and why people think he's he's going to be uh, an NHL player. I I'm honestly higher on him now than I've been uh, since he was drafted. I, I think there's an NHL player there for sure. Um, the the things that I would want to see in my U and the things that I want to see where he develops is not things that you can see at this camp. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be really interested to see how he looks in in rookie camp, uh, how he looks in preseason. Uh, in NHL games, he's probably going to get some preseason looks. 
Um, you know, whether he starts, I think he's likely going to start in the AHL just because of the amount of depth that the Canadians have. Um, so yeah, I think that I'm going to be interested to see how he does in Laval as well, because yeah, I I don't he he's he's not a finished product, and and you know all the other you know all the other defenders I mentioned, uh, Hudson, Engstrom, Reinbacher, you said they've all played against men, right? Lane Hudson plays against you know. 23 roles in the NCAA. He played at the Men's World Championship. Uh, Engstrom played against men in, in Sweden. Reinbacher played against men in Switzerland. Mayu hasn't really done that. Reinbacher also played in the World Championships. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, um, so I mean, there's there's definitely a reason why those stood out more than, than Logan did. But that's not to say that he was bad. You definitely see where there's the potential there. Uh, and like I said, the things that I want to see um, in terms of his growth on the ice are, are things that you can't really see uh, in, a, in a four-on-four scrimmage. I'm going to go a little bit off tangent uh, here, but we mentioned it in regards to, um, and, and I'm at fault of this myself uh, to a certain degree, but with Norlinder as an example, with Mayo as an example, uh, when we do gifts for many defenders, we showcase their offensive ability uh, because obviously that gives traction. And it is usually that where we get a replay so we can gif it. But it's also the fact that we want defenders to be able to defend. So you might not be able to showcase the good defending. I remember that when I tried to showcase Romanov. Uh, but also the fact is that if you show a mistake, that's not gaining any traction at all. And it comes all comes into this a little bit, I would presume, with David Reinbacher, because I haven't been able to watch NLA that much on, on here in Sweden, or Nationalliga, as we're supposed to say, NL. Um, so I think it's that part of it as well. We we haven't seen any highlight gifts of, of Reinbacher's 10 points in, in, in uh, NL. But on the other hand, we haven't seen his strong defensive play. That's where we have Thibaut. That's where we have Thomas Rost. That's where we have other informants, if you want to use that word, but but other people that we can ask about. But those doesn't make the highlight picks. And, and yeah, I think if, if, if Reinbacker had highlights like Lane Hudson, I don't think people would have reacted like they did to the pick. <laughs> no, but I'm also <laughs> saying like way. the defensive highlights yeah. are never out there and they never get that same kind of, of traction. So it doesn't yeah, spread out absolutely. there either. It's not sexy. It's not it, sexy. It's not sexy. Yeah, that's, uh, that's that's probably the right word. And and you know maybe because there are no f- highlights of flaws, we should be quite happy. And probably that's what we say. He has a very low floor, but he is playing against men as well. Uh, but but yeah, that's off tangent, and we're gonna go back in. So I assume you know I was gonna ask you those question marks that need straightened, or or maybe. Uh, a door that needs to be kept open a little bit, and I would assume Logan Mayo would be one of those players. Yeah, sure. I mean, look, there's so much competition in this Canadians prospect pool right now that if you're not improving, you're getting passed, and that goes for everyone. Uh, you mentioned Norlander. Um, you know, there's so much talent that was there. But let's talk about who wasn't there, right? There was no Uri Slavkovsky, no Sean Farrell, no Emil Heinemann, no Kapanen uh, that you mentioned before, no Norlander, um, no Gouli or or Arbor Jackai, or, 
you know, I can go on and on. No, the pros no, weren't uh, there Jordan except for the pros from Europe. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like, no North American pros were really there, um, except for William Trudeau, basically. <laughs> um, that was really the only one who's, uh, and, you know, I guess Riley McKay and, and John Parker Jones. But, I mean, yeah, it, you look at the pool, and I mentioned it with Jack Smith, you know, being, being 50 in the top 25 under 25. If you're not moving up, um, people are going to pass you. <laughs> like it, it's just the reality of the situation, and there's going to be a competition for spots. Not everyone's going to be able to be a Montreal Canadian, and and so when you ask that question, um, who needs to show something? Everyone does, uh, and I know that's not necessarily a great answer, but I don't necessarily want to call out people, um, for what they did or didn't do in in a in a three day camp in July. Um, that's not where it'll be judged. Which is also uh, a little bit of a play camp, as you mentioned, yeah. the scrimmage and, and all that. Yeah, I, I mean, w- w- you know, where Reinbacker stood out in the scrimmage is that he was treating it like a hockey game and not a game of shinny. And, you know, so that's why he looks so much more better position-wise and things like that. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see. But, yeah, you know, there's a lot of talent there. And, and it's going to be very interesting to see who rises um, to the occasion this season and and who makes that jump and who makes jumps because yeah it's gonna the canadians are gonna you know i wouldn't want to be a tryout at this camp because there were the tryouts even look good at times but there's so much depth like are they gonna sign anybody probably not um so it, it's it's really tough um you know for for the players who, who are fighting for contracts but yeah i, I think everyone needs to needs to show something. Even the people who I had a standout will have to have to show something um as as we go forward here. Obviously some are in a better position than others. They're not all starting from the same spot. But um it, it's it's a, a very interesting time um to to talk about prospects in, with the Montreal Canadians right now. We have to mention as well that obviously David Reinbacher signed today. He has his NL clause that he can go back. Uh, etc etc but uh, with um, I don't know how it's written with NL but in in SHL it's the either you're with the team the NHL team or you're going back to Sweden there is nothing in between really unless as in Norlander's case a couple of years ago you get injured and you you get that to stay um, conditioning the conditioning stint yeah Um, so you get to do the conditioning stint and then you you getting assigned to to the NHL team again, um, and it's not like he can choose to stay and play nine games of 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 NHL hockey and then go to AHL and play nine games there and then go back. As soon as he's off the NHL team, I would assume they ha- uh, Switzerland has the same deal as Sweden and Finland. That means that he goes back if he that's what he wants. Jared, any any. Final words here. Yeah, just to say that you know, rookie camp, the the defense is going to be pretty stacked because you're going to have Mayu there, you're going to have um probably Reinbacker there, um Struble, Turingi, Trudeau, right there. That's five. So, so there's only one more spot there, uh for for uh, a regular defender. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I I wouldn't expect Engstrom, um, to come even if he if he even if he could, um, but like you say, it's also better for him to stay there. Um, to not deal with the the stop start like we saw with Norlander um, 
I mean, Heineman just got hurt, so it's not really, um, but, but I mean, even him uh, as well. So yeah, there's, there's a risk to, to bring them over, but um, I, I think that, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a full, it's a full group. And also, I did mention Philip Bashar. He was really good too. I, I didn't mention him, but uh, I'm just looking at the list of, of players and I'm like, oh, he was really good. So yeah, Philip Bashar is, is someone that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, at camp and uh, in, in Laval this year for, for a full season. Um, said that he had the worst luck of his hockey career <laughs> in the second half after the World Juniors. And so that's someone to keep an eye on as well. Indeed. And do you expect Mashar to be with the AHL team as well? Because there is a lot of spots being filled already there. I, I do. I, I think that that's a player that you keep a spot for. Um, I, I always thought, uh, my my assumption, even last year, was that he, he would be sent to the OHL for one year uh, and then come back this year ready for the AHL. And and that's what he wanted. Um, and, and I think that that's what he wants now. Uh, and I think that's what's going to happen. Um, I, I would be surprised, very surprised, if they send him back to junior for a second year. You've been listening to Absent Minded. Uh, we'll be back with more coverage of Montreal Canadiens in the upcoming weeks, leading into arguably one of the most exciting, one of the most exciting times of the season for for us at Ice on the Price. Top twenty five, under twenty five. Get your notepads ready. Start to accumulate data right now because it's going to be a long list, and we're going to have a lot of different opinions in regards to it. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I know you are looking forward to it, Jared. Thank you so much for the report. And uh, be sure to subscribe to us on whatever podcast service you are using. Thank you so much for listening.